read this word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it is a life-changing source for our lives. And as we hear it, I thank you for our eyes being open, our ears being receptive, and our hearts changing for the better. As I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who's already here to step up so that every word that is spoken will be breathed afresh from the Father. Thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following this word today. And I declare for manifestation in the lives of your people, in Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've been doing a shotgun message for the last two weeks. And uh, if you're visiting us, a shotgun message is something that I do where I may have been in the middle of a planned series and God prompts me to teach something different. So last week, our shotgun message was entitled, Start Believing. Just look at your neighbor and say, you need to start believing. And so today, I'm going to do part two of that message because there are some things we need to relearn and apply. Everybody say, relearn and apply. God told me that most of you all heard what was said, but you didn't get it. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Mark 9, 23. And then we're going to stay in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 11, verses 21. That was Mark chapter 9, verses 23, and Mark chapter 11, verses 21. And if you was with us on last week, if not, I'm going to catch you up with a brief review, because where I'm going, you're going to need it. Last week, we defined the biblical definition of the word believe uh, as to accept something as being factual or true. And then we also discovered a secondary meaning. Say secondary meaning. We also found out that the word believe in the New Testament is also defined as the word credit, as in a credit card. And so we, we discovered that believing takes place where? In our hearts, it takes place in our hearts, and our hearts are spiritual. Romans chapter 10 says that if we will confess the, with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God's raised from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart, man, what? Believes. So believing takes place in our heart, which says that believing is spiritual. Okay? And if believing is spiritual, then we shouldn't need anything in the natural in order to believe. And many of us, we operate the opposite. We want to see something. We want to touch something. We want to feel something when that's not the definition of believing that we we're talking about. As a matter of fact, we learned that there are two ways to believe. We learned that you have the world's way of believing, and then you have the faith way of believing. Now, the world's way of believing is pretty simple. The world says, if I can see it and touch it, then I'll believe it. If I can see it and if I can touch it, I'll believe it. 
And see, if you're going to stay in that realm of believing, it's going to hinder you from supernatural things. Now, I have some money in my pocket. How, much, how many people would like money? Anybody like money? How many would like some of this money? I just asked. I'm not going to give you none. But, 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 but how many believe this is a 20? This is, okay, can you see that? Okay, how many believe this is a $20 bill? Raise your hand if you believe that. All right. Now, uh, you really shouldn't believe that this is a 20. You should know that this is a 20. See, you only have to believe it if you can't see it. But if you can see it, you should know it. Amen. So believing is in the spiritual realm. Everybody say believing is in the spiritual realm. So we have believing the world's way, and then we have believing, which is the faith way. And that way is Jesus' way of believing, which says that I will believe it even if I can't see it. Amen. Now, last but not least, we learn that believing makes the impossible possible. So turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. Mark 9, believing makes the impossible possible. In Mark 9, 23, it says, Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, if you can believe, if you can believe, just look at your neighbor and point to him and say, if you can believe, if you can believe, listen to what Jesus Christ says. He says, all things are what? Are possible to him that believeth which says that my believing defines my possibilities. Everybody say, my believing defines my possibilities. Therefore, watch this, believing removes natural limits and makes me spiritually unlimited. I'm going to say that again. Believing removes natural limits and it releases or makes me spiritually unlimited. In other words, what I'm saying is once you learn how to believe the spiritual way, it removes hindrances from your life. It removes you from the natural, and it puts you into the supernatural where God lives. Everybody say years ago. You've heard the story, but I'm going to connect it for you this morning. Years ago when I was single, I had a car. I had a Chevy Nova that my parents gave me, and, uh, you know, it looked like a Rubik's Cube because it had all kind of colors. And uh, I stayed with a lady in Ohio. Her name was Miss, Miss uh, uh, what, was, what was her name? Miss Johnson. She was like a grandmother, you know. In fact, y'all know Chris Bosch that played for the basketball? This was like his grandmother on his uh, mother's side. So I was staying with Miss Johnson. And uh, it was a good thing because I had never really stayed on my own before. I had moved out of college and moved to her. And I was supposed to stay there and, you know, and then you know, makes, give me some money and then get my own apartment where she cooked for me and washed my clothes so I never moved out. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I had my car there and uh, I had locked my keys accidentally in my car and my, my next set was here in Texas. And so I didn't have time to try to get them. I had to be somewhere. And so I said, Lord, I, I, I need my keys in my car. And so uh, I said, I need you to help me. He says, uh, go get Miss Johnson's keys and use them to get in your car. Now, you have to understand, you know, back in the day, you know, we, uh, Chevy's had all Chevy kind of keys, you know, square and around kind of thing. And so, I, you know, it still doesn't make sense because my keys are not going to fit our car, but I went in there and got them. And so I took her round key, which, you know, by the way, she had a Chevy station wagon with the wood on the side. <laughs> wood. I never liked to ride with Miss Johnson nowhere. When I used to ride with her, I would sit lay down off in the seat like this. So she had a station wagon with the wood on the side. I had a Nova. So I took her round key and I stuck it in my door. It didn't work. Then I the Lord said, take her ignition key, which was square, put it in your trunk 
and it'll open. So I did it and click, man, my truck opened. I was shocked. I pushed my back seat back, got in my car, unlocked my door, and then I was ready to go because I had to be somewhere. And then I thought, I'm going to try that again and see if it works. So I closed my doors and stuff back, but, you know, I, I kept them unlocked, though. <laughs> Took that same key, stuck it in the trunk. It wouldn't open this time. I thought, interesting. Well, years ago when I was at uh, Spiritual Encounter, which is a youth conference that the Hilliards and uh, Bishop Hilliard and Pastor Bridget, they do every year, uh, I spoke that year, and I told them about that story. Well, a youth leader who was attending had locked their keys in the car, in the church van. They had got a church van. They rented and so uh, he realized he had locked them in the car when he got there. Then he said, well, Pastor Edmund said he used somebody else's key to get in his car. So he went around in the parking lot, and he looked for a van, 15 passengers like they were driving. He went up to the person. He says, excuse me, may I use your keys for a minute? The person says, for what? He says, well, we locked our keys accidentally in our car, and Pastor Edmund just said that he used somebody else's keys to unlock their car, his car, so... May I use your keys? They said, fine. I want to watch. So they walked down with them. And so he's got a little trail of company. So he gets the key, sticks it in, and the Lord just told him to wiggle the key just a little bit. And he wiggled that key, and somebody else's van key opened up their van. Everybody say, believing makes the impossible possible. And that's what I'm talking about. So how does believing work? Go to Mark chapter 11 quick. Go to Mark chapter 11. How does believing work? Because at the end of today's service, I am going to give you step by step on how to believe. This is one of those CDs that you need to wear out till it won't work no more. Because what I'm about to share with you, it took me 30 years to get this thing. Now, Mark chapter 11, how does believing work? This is the story Jesus had cursed the fig tree, and we're going to pick up the story in verse 21. It says, and Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto him, have faith in God. That's what he said to them. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall what class? but shall believe to accept those things as true and to credit it on your behalf. Believe that those things which you say it shall come to pass. You, he, us, we shall have whatsoever what? We say it. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you what? Pray. What's the next word? Believe. There it is. Believe that you what? Receive them and you shall what? Now, remember quickly, last week we talked about two words for the word receive. In the New Testament, there are two major words for the word receive. The first one is decamiah, so decamiah. And we learned that decamiah means to just accept. So basically, it's like me coming and putting this handkerchief in your hand. I did all the work. All you did was accept it. That's what will happen when we uh, accepted Christ. We accepted him. We just opened our hearts and he came in. But that word receive right there is not the word receive in Mark 11 here. The other word is lambano. Say lambano. And lambano means to take hold of or to seize. So listen to what he was saying in Mark chapter 11. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you seize them and you shall have them. Watch this now. 
So when we pray, that's the time we're supposed to believe that you receive, not after you pray. Okay, so let me put it like this. Let's say it like this, that we believe that it was shipped. Why? See, a spiritual transaction of believing that you receive looks more like an online credit transaction. Now, I got this analogy from Pastor Chase. He heard the message last week and gave me this tidbit, so that's why I had to keep going on this. A spiritual transaction of believing you receive looks more like an online credit card transaction. How many of you have purchased something online? Let me see your hand. Have you purchased something online? Yeah. And uh, what happens? You go and you surf and you search and you find the item you desire. Say desire. And then you make the purchase with your credit card. And as long as you have sufficient credit, then typically a confirmation comes out called a receipt. Everybody say a receipt. A receipt comes out. And watch this. And then the product is eventually shipped to you. So what are you doing in the meantime? In the meantime, you are patiently waiting for your item. If it's taking longer than necessary, then most of the time they send you a tracking number. So if you don't have, you're trying to figure out, is it coming, is it coming? Then you just get your tracking number, which is reassurance, and you track your item, and you still see that it's on the way. Now, watch this. And even though you have a picture, you got your receipt, you got your tracking number, you're telling everybody about what you bought, even though you don't have it in your hand. Well, see, spiritual believing is just like that. Remember, believing is your credit card. The Word of God is your credit line, and that's why you got to know the Word. And if you have enough credit line in your heart, if you have enough, then what you see is what you get. But then after we believe, swipe that card, believe it, then uh, we now have to go through a process. So I'm going to walk you through now how this thing works spiritually. So here's the first thing. I'm going to teach you, if you're taking notes, you're going to write down one, two, three, four, five. Here's the first thing. You're going to pray for your desire. Now, we're going to exercise this at the end of service. I'm going to show you how to do it because it's, if you learn how to do this, your circumstance will change, but this won't. Remember, the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away. In other words, your circumstances are going to fluctuate, but the word is going to stay the same. So as I give you these principles, you can apply them in any situation of your life. Because watch this, the word is not going to change, but the word will change the situation. So the first thing is you got to pray for your desire. Amen. Number two, you're going to picture what God has promised. Remember, you got to go get your item and you surf. Well, you're not going to buy something you haven't seen. So you're going to put in your... Go find a picture. Amen. Go go in a magazine, whatever. Uh, if you need an all change, go find an all change picture. <laughs> Remember, that's what God did to Abraham. He took him outside. He says, look at the stars. Can you see how many? That's how many children you're going to have. So you're going to picture what you are believing for. Number three, you're going to confess your receipt of it. And see, this is where most people get off because, see, Confessing your receipt, that's what he said. You will have whatsoever you what? You say. And see, your receipt is your proof 
that you believe, you receive. You say, oh, Pastor Evan, what do you mean by that? Remember 2 Corinthians 4.13 that we said last week. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I have believed, and watch what happens, and therefore have I spoken. So the proof that you believe something is you saying something. So then after you confess your receipt of it, this is in your prayer time, then watch this, the receipt of your purchase, if you've done that, then you're going to do like t- Hebrews 10.36 says, where you're going to exercise some patience until the desire of what you pray for shows up. Hebrews 10.36 says, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you've done everything you want to do, then you might receive the promise. And that's what people get off. Listen, it took time for that package to get to your house when you bought it online. So why, look, why can we give man patience and time, but when we're praying to God, we want him to do it like he's a genie. No, no, you're going to stand in patience and you're going to wait and you're going to believe. That's what we had to do for Landon. And then after that, watch this now. While you're waiting, you're going to praise and thank God consistently for the package arriving. See, that's what Abraham did. Write down Romans chapter 4, verse 20. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But watch this though. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham just wasn't waiting for his son to show up. He was praising for his son to show up. And see, praise will keep your heart good. Praise is like a laxative. It will release toxins from your spiritual being. See, the only way to keep unbelief out is to keep praise in And Abraham, the Bible says, he staggered not at the promise. And see, some of you all are staggering. You know why? Because you're not praising. He was giving glory to God. Watch the next thing. Then, if you need to track your desire that you just prayed for, then go back to the word that doesn't change. That's what the Bible says. It says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. So when you start shifting in doubt, open that Bible back up, read that promise again, put it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, and keep going and praising. See, that's what I had to do when I got married. See, when I first got saved, one of the things I wanted to be eventually was married. How many single want to be married in here one day? All right? Look at all the desperate people in the room. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So when I, when I got saved, the Lord told me, he says, Eben, you want a princess, but you act like a frog. I was like, give me an interpretation of that parable. I knew what he was talking about. See, I wanted a high end, but I was low end. Mm-hmm. I wanted a spiritual woman, but I was a carnal man. So I had to work my way up. And so uh, one of the things he told me, he says, Eben, the person you're going to marry is not from America. And I thought, that's, that's wild. I've, I've never dated somebody outside of my country before, but so be it. So then uh, five years, uh, let's see, seven years later, I'm working, and the Lord tells me to quit my job and go to Bible school in Jamaica. That's crazy. Go to Bible school in Jamaica? No hot water. <laughs> now, I don't think this is necessarily ethically inclined, but black people don't like cold water. I don't. Let me tell y'all a story I've never told you. I used to sneak, and we knew where the faculty took showers. 
So we would go to the breaker box, cut on the, the thing, and we would sneak and shower in the hot water and then go on back to our room. How many know we got busted? <laughs> anyway, here it is. I'm in Jamaica, and I meet my wife. Amazing. And then, you know, my dad sometimes try to act prophetic. He says, I believe one day you're going to marry a girl named Melinda. How many know that's my wife's middle name, Melinda? He was on on that one, wasn't he? Praise the Lord. So I had to wait for the promise. So you have to track your desire. Go back to the word. So we're going to do this right now. We're going to exercise this right now because I'm going to show you something you ain't never seen before. So here's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to ask or whatever we want to desire. I want you to take your notes and write it down on your piece of paper. Now, before you write, let's keep our faith in context. Don't ask God for a million dollars. You're not even making a hundred right now. Okay, if you're not making a hundred thousand, you're not going to get a million right now. Okay, I'm just being real. Okay, so let's not be way out there. I want an airplane and you still riding the bus. That's not going to work. So, so keep what you're believing in context to what you need right now. Get, put something down that you need that you'd like God to bless you with. Okay, so that's the first thing. And I want you to write it down. Write it down right now. There's a reason I'm asking you to do that. And here's the thing. I don't want you to write down what your cares are because that's what most people do when they pray. Lord, I'm tired. My feet hurt. I don't know what I'm going to do. My boss is getting me upset. They cheating on me at work. See, he said what things soever you desire. That's not what you desire. That's what you're mad about. All right? So that's the first thing. Here's number two. You must pray to God in Jesus' name about that desire. So I'm going to give you a minute right now, and you're going to close your eyes, and you're going to ask God in Jesus' name for whatever it is on that piece of paper. Come on, go ahead. Father, I thank you right now for $100. That's what I want. I want $100 in Jesus' name. A package for, from where? A package from heaven. What is it? $100. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Man, I didn't even finish the steps. I got my money. Y'all through praying? Okay, you, you should be finished. Here's number three. Now we must believe and accept what God's word says is true. His word says, what things soever we desire when we pray, believe we receive it, and what happens? We shall have. Everybody say, we shall have. Okay, so even though you don't have it right now, I stage that, your item has been dispatched from heaven. God doesn't have it anymore. Look at your neighbor and say, it has been dispatched from heaven. So now you're going to use your confession. So anytime you feel doubt rising up in your heart, you're going to open up your mouth and you're going to declare what you pray. Father, I thank you for the $100 I prayed for. It's on the way. And I'm standing in faith. And here's what standing in faith is. Standing in faith is saying, I'm going to stand on the word until I see it. See, here's the thing. Faith pays the bill for what your heart has believed for. Faith pays the bill for what your heart has believed for. And see, this is the part where most people's believing, watch this now, disconnect from their faith. Because your faith is what's going to cause that item that was shipped to actually end up in your hand. 
So you got to stand on that word. So when doubt starts coming, when confusion starts coming, when fear starts coming, you say, oh, no, 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 no. I prayed. I believed I received. Father, thank you. Now you're going to give him glory. You're going to start thanking. So right now, I want you to start thanking God for whatever you ask him for. Do it right now. Come on. Now, who put, look, everybody show somebody what you wrote unless it's real secretive. Just show somebody what you wrote. Show somebody. Now, now, did anybody write down uh, the payment of daycare? Anybody? I want my daycare paid. Anybody? Raise your hand if you said I want to get my daycare paid. Anybody? Anybody? Raise your hand now. Anybody say, uh, I want some new tires? Jesus Christ. Stand up. If you said you want new tires, stand up. Make sure it's on their paper. You got to show, your, show, your, show the person next to you on the paper. You can't write it down. Now it's too late. If you said tires. Okay. How many people? So one, two, three people said they wanted new tires. Now, God told me at 4 o'clock this morning that somebody was going to write down tires. So watch this. Word of truth is going to... By all three of y'all, tired. Come on now. You got to believe you receive. God did it right there. It was dispatched from heaven at 4 o'clock. He knew you were going to pray it before you prayed. class that's how it works I just showed you a spiritual example of how it works and it works like that every time some promises take longer to come than others it's not because God can't do it right now sometimes we're not ready man had God sent me a wife when I first got saved I'd have been married six times by now I wasn't ready. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't ready. So I want you to put what you wrote down somewhere. Oh, Jesus, man. Mm. Some of y'all are pregnant with some big desires. Oh, it's, it's time to, to take the limits off of God and say, God, if, if, if you can do it, all things are possible as long as I believe. He's waiting on you to step up to the plate. See, some of you all are too scared to believe for something big because, watch this, in your, in your mind, God has failed you in the past. No, he didn't fail you. Maybe it's because you didn't stand long enough. Do you receive that word today? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare over this church that there will be multiple manifestations of desires. Father, I thank you that everything that was written down on those pieces of paper today, you have taken notice of what it, uh, what it is and God, you've already dispatched the answer, and so we thank you in advance for doing exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And I declare that this church will fulfill its destiny, 
the people in this church will fulfill their destiny. And that, Father, you're going to take us way beyond the average person. We're going to have things, possess things, and do things that normal people dream about. And I thank you in advance for your word coming to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bowed, if you're here today, here's my question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not sure, I want to pray for you. And when I pray for you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. All I'm going to ask you to do in just a minute is to raise your hand. Because the only way I'm going to know who I need to pray for is if I can know who I need to pray for. And if you're not 100% sure, not 99, not 98, but 100% sure if you, if you die, you don't know if you go to heaven, I want to pray for you. And then there's a second group of people I want to pray for. I believe even doing Pastor Prashia's ministry, some people's hearts were lit. That God had moved you out of that, that, that middle, uh, mediocre kind of spiritual life. And he lit you. And you need to acknowledge that by recommitting your life to him. I want to pray for you. And then last but not least, I want to pray for those who are spiritually floating. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what does that mean? The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Some people are struggling spiritually and naturally because they don't have a place where they're planted in the house. In other words, you, you may be attending, and attending is good. But it, it didn't say those who attend shall flourish. It said those who are planted. And so I'm talking to people who need a church home. You know what? And I'm not saying it because I'm the pastor, but I will say this. I believe Word of Truth Family Church is one of the best churches here in the Metroplex. And if you need a church home today...